Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Two Toms, One Ash, your go-to UK-based podcast for all things NFL fantasy football. On this episode, we're joined by a very special guest as we take a look back at week nine, where said special guest was in attendance at MetLife Stadium. We'll then check in with all four of our fantasy teams and make sure you stick around to the very end as we look ahead to week 10. Right, that's enough from just me. On we go. Welcome and week nine in the books. Uh, as always, it seems this season, some fantastic games, including a couple of upsets. Uh, and also a week in which Jason Kelsey was named one of the sexiest men alive. Uh, so speaking of which, joined as always by Scully and Charlesworth. Uh, Mr. Charlesworth, how are you, mate? You good? Yeah, just happy to be talking to you guys, thinking about NFL. It's been a, a long, hard slog at work this week. So yeah, just a, a bit of a break from that and, uh, and get to talk nonsense with you guys for uh, the next 45 minutes. Good. Right back at you. And yeah, always always here to talk nonsense. Uh, Scully, how about you? Forgot to mention them blades. What a win. <laughs> hey, we've arrived. That's it. We're on a roll. See safety now. What, two points off? That's a complete change of, uh, a change of attitude. That's it. But no, all good. Good, good, good. Even a smirk from you, Charlie, today, which uh, which is always nice. Uh, I thought you'd give up smirking this year. Um, okay, and uh, and yeah. So as mentioned last week, we've got a special guest with us today. So Mr. Michael Ward, um, that we've all known Mike for years. A really big sports fan, been in our fantasy league from the evolution, albeit self-proclaimed. Really, probably the least experienced NFL fan. But um, but as we'll touch on throughout this episode uh that's vastly changed this this season uh, and is absolutely all over it um so mike first of all welcome no yeah thanks for having us guys um long time listener first time attendee <laughs> so uh yeah looking forward to it and yeah thanks for having me on um falling at a good time um obviously lots to talk about so yeah looking forward to it yeah, absolutely. And I guess um, so the main reason, obviously, that we wanted you on uh, is the fact that you have just come back from New York. Um, you were in attendance at the Jets Chargers. Uh, and obviously, again, let's talk about your fantasy team uh, and how it's going for you so far this season as well. But but yeah, so you've just, what what was it, kind of early hours of this morning, you've landed uh, back in Blighty. But yeah, you've been in New York for a week for, for, for Jenny, for your wife's New York Marathon, which has been a few years in the making. So how is Jen and how is just New York in general before the game? Yeah, honestly, mate, such a, a good trip. Saying to you before, just we kind of made it into our really big trip. Um, she's been waiting to do the marathon since pre-COVID. So she got a place in 2020 and it got deferred. So for us, we kind of just put everything into it, you know, made it, it sounds a bit cheesy, but kind of a trip of a lifetime. Um, you know, did a lot of the tourist stuff, but we're also aware that she had the marathon to run as well. Um, the marathon fell like, bang in the middle of the week and I think that worked well because we had a bit of time to acclimatize to New York and the jet lag etc before and then obviously she had time after the race to enjoy it so that kind of split the trip in two um kind of pre-race post-race and that kind of worked really well um but yeah just just an awesome trip um New York in in autumn is everything you kind of imagine it to be um so yeah did lots ate lots saw lots bought lots um so yeah all, all good 
Good, yeah. Photos look incredible, and uh, and and I've never done anything like that sort of run. But I guess I've heard of people who've done London Marathon and got quite emotional. So I can imagine, yeah, being delayed three or four years, and the effort of going out there, and all those sorts of sights in what an iconic city that I bet that, as well as everything else, must have been amazing. Um, but let's get in with in, get stuck in with the good stuff. So Jets Chargers Monday night game. Um, tell us all about that. Yeah. So. For me, it was my second game over in the States. Um, really excited, looking forward to it, as you can imagine. You know, the marathon was on the Sunday, you know, to go to see one of the biggest marathons in the world. And then to go to an NFL game the day after kind of felt fairly monumental. Um, I want to hold on to the positives, but I couldn't help but come away feeling slightly kind of let down by the, not by the game itself, but just by how bad the Jets kind of were in reality. Um you know, I guess you're there, you want to support the home team. So I guess we were rooting for the Jets. Um, but I was just saying it first play of um, the game or second play after the punt return and Chargers D just returned it for, for a touchdown. And you just felt the atmosphere kind of went flat from there. Um, you know, as you guys know, they build it up, such a great atmosphere. It was the salute for services game. So all about the military, you know, fireworks beforehand, a light show. It was the night game. So everything was, you know, Positive, 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 but then the game itself, from a Jets point of view, just absolutely kind of crumbled around them, and um, you know they just got dominated by that Chargers D. It must be, um, it must be demoralising as Jets fans that they've probably been used to this for years and years and years and years, and then this one season that that I guess following on from last season that the defense is incredible, and then they get Aaron Rodgers, everything looks positive. And then yeah, gets injured what in the first drive of the season, and it's and it's kind of back to normal ish. Um, but yeah, that that sounds brilliant. I think that all those sorts of build up, the tailgating, the little bits beforehand, uh, and I can imagine for Jets fans themselves quite demoralising. I can't imagine how much they must be paying for season tickets to go through that sort of feeling. But but for you guys, I guess you've got Jets colours on and whatnot, but pretty neutral I'd have thought for for a good game regardless yeah I was going into you know fairly neutral we'll talk about fantasy team later but obviously I had some Chargers players on my team so it was a bit of a double-edged sword for me there but all the action was down at the other end so every single touchdown the two Eckler running touchdowns and the two returns were all at the other end from where we were sat um and it kind of got summed up it was about two minutes to go and it was a catch that I think any one of us four would have made straight to, I can't remember his name, the number 87 for the Jets. I don't know if he's a wide receiver. Is it Uz, Uzma? Uh, Uz... Yeah, the tight end, yeah. Tight end, yeah. Anyway, wide open, you know, on his kind of backside, just to cradle catch it, and he dropped it. And that, for me, kind of summed up the game that, you know, we didn't even get to see a touchdown at our end, which was, a, yeah, a bit of a shame. But like you said, great experience. You know, love to be there. Um, but yeah, the Jets' offense just never, ever got going. Um, neither did Herbert, to be fair. You know, fantasy wise, he only scored me seven points. So it wasn't a great game in terms of offense. I wanted that kind of ping pong game where it's just, you know, nip and tuck, back and forth. But just a couple of big plays for the Chargers, and, and that was it. And all the Jets could muster up was um, a couple of field goals. So you'd definitely be a bit annoyed if you were on the Jets' D because that offensive line just letting them down big time. Just taking the positives out of it. I know uh, Robert Salah's come out this week and said that it wasn't Zach Wilson's worst ever game. So uh, <laughs> on a positive note, that's uh, that's a good one for you, Mike. Yeah, well, 
there were some quotes, but as I was there, I was kind of writing down some quotes that I thought you might like. And it, yeah, it was all aimed at Zach Wilson. I can tell you now the locals are not fans of Zach Wilson. I kind of felt sorry for him a bit. I know Scully asked me whether, was it Wilson or was it the offensive line? Um, there was one play I watched it and I thought, I'm going to watch the line and see what happens. And Joey Bosa just absolutely ran over them. So I had a bit of sympathy for Wilson. But yeah, the locals are not not fan of uh, of Wilson at all and basically just saying what the heck is going on and they kept saying open up the playbook. So I don't know if that's aimed at the coaching staff or Wilson himself. They were saying like get out of the pocket. So yeah, they weren't they're not big fans of Zach Wilson over there at the minute, it seems. Yeah, again, just a big letdown or a big drop off from Aaron Rodgers from all the hype. But having said that, I think their offensive line if they're getting through that easy, it doesn't matter who you've got there. Even if you have got Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, it sounds like there'll be a fair few pressures uh, coming coming through for him. But um, but no, but amazing. Uh, yeah, so thanks for thanks for sharing all that. Um, okay, so so for us, not only looking back then at week nine, but let's look back at the whole season so far that's just gone, uh, and we've got some sort of mid-year awards that we want to give out. So we've all taken a different category each. Charlie, I'll come to you first with, uh, well, the big one. Uh, comeback player of the year. Uh, I guess there's always kind of a fantasy lean on it uh, when we're talking. So comeback player of the year from you. Thanks for giving me this uh, fantastic award. It's, it's like that garbage one that you get when you, you're playing football as a, as a kid, that uh, most improved player uh, that nobody really wants. Basically, you were crap to start with and, and you're a little bit less crap now. Um, so I'm not sure how offended this player will be, whoever it might be, might uh, <laughs> when they're listening in. <laughs> well, I, I struggled because I wanted to not go with the obviously a lot of people gone round uh, around Hamlin and, and his, his comeback. Although I'm not sure that the very few snaps on special teams could be classed as a comeback, but yeah, great story. But not in terms of fantasy anyway. So for me, I've gone for he's currently ranked as the number four quarterback on the year. Um, and last year I had him in my team uh, and he was completely made of biscuits last year. And I uh, touch wood, he's managed to, to stay on the field, he's staying fit and he looks very good. So for me, it's Tua. Um, I, I thought last year, and, and we were joking about it as, ourselves, how, uh, well, yeah, made a glass he was. Every time he got hit, he seemed to get hurt. He was co- constantly concussed on in and out of the play. Um, but he's, he's really got it going this year, as have all the Dolphins. But obviously, he, him being the integral part of that, it's all going through him. Uh, the Dolphins on offense have looked fantastic. And, uh, and Tua has, has just been consistent in terms of fantasy as well. He's had some some big weeks, 33, 36 points, 28 against Carolina. Um, obviously, he's on bye this week. So uh, he gets to rest himself, make sure he doesn't get concussed. Make sure he's back to full fitness and this award doesn't bite me in the arse. But yeah, for me, it's, uh, it's Tua. Yeah, great shout. I don't, I, I didn't really kind of consider anybody really for the, for this award, kind of left it right up to you. And um, But yeah, kind of as soon as you said, really, you're right. I guess all those sorts of injuries in the season and potential that he's had in the past, it's all coming to fruition with Mike McDaniels and that whole offence and, uh, and and rightly so, kind of heavily, heavily ranked and rated uh, for the Super Bowl this season. So, so yeah, really good pick. Um, I'll jump in and go next with Offensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, and it can only be one man, can't it? Bijan Robinson. Um, 
No, just kidding. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, so I want to make a few a few notables really for a few reasons before I land on on my finale. So a couple of players who would have been and could have been absolutely electric this year, but due to injuries, there's just been nothing other than a few weeks. But Anthony Richardson and Devon A. Chin. A player who I think if he continues the way he has done the last two or three weeks for the rest of the season, will be on, on pace to set one of the rookie records of all time. And that's Dalton Kincaid, albeit that's more recent. And a couple of other players, I think one that's probably most likely to get it in, in real NFL. So CJ Stroud, Jordan Addison, I think they've had great seasons so far, been consistent with pretty much every game that they've had, uh, especially with uh, a couple of obstacles in both their ways, I think. Um, but it kind of come down to these last two for me. Um, and second place, Sam Laporta, he's been unbelievable. Tight end four on the year. Charlie, I know you've loved him from the start and unfortunately did have to trade him away a couple of weeks ago. But but where the Lions are sitting at six and two, Hawkinson out of the picture last season, there's been no drop-off whatsoever for Laporta. But my offensive rookie of the year, uh, I've chosen Pukunakua. Um, he's wide receiver five on the season. So the four receivers in front of him, Tyreek Hill, AJ Brown, Stephon Diggs and Keenan Allen. So no slouches by any stretch. The the only kind of downside, if you like, from a fantasy side of things, that when I'm looking back on our league, um, no one had him week one. Um, and then Rich picked him up for week two. Uh, and I guess not anticipating that 30, 40 points, whatever it was to continue, benched him in week two. Um but in terms of overall fantasy, he's been incredible. And I think he's even had a couple of massive weeks since Cooper Cup's come back. Um, albeit it's kind of in and out the last couple of weeks. But overall, from a fantasy implication and out of absolutely nowhere, Puka Nakua um, has got that award for me. Uh, Mike, we'll come over to you with Offensive Player of the Year. Yeah, I think you, you gave me the nice category. Um I think as a guest, I, I appreciated that because, uh, you know, I get a chance to talk about all the good attacking plays that go on in the, in the NFL. Um, I've tried to look at it based on a certain kind of criteria. Um, I know you mentioned about going down the fantasy line rather than just actual player. So for me, I tried to compare apples with apples. And what I mean by that, I just looked at, you know, your top quarterbacks, your top wide receivers and your top running backs. So you'll probably guess where this is going there um, based on that. The gap between the top two fantasy quarterbacks is only nine points. That's Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts, so not much to split there. Gap between the top two wide receivers is slightly more. You've mentioned these names already. Obviously, Tyreek Hill and A.J. Brown. Um, whereas the gap between the top two running backs is a bit more significant. There's a 29-point gap from a fantasy point of view for the top two. Um, so for me... You know, someone who averages 25 points a week, his lowest score was 13.8 against Dallas and then 14.2 against the Browns. He's only had one game without a rushing touchdown. Um, so for me, you've got to probably look no further than McCaffrey at San Francisco. Um, my opinion, obviously, of course, and, you know, we could all go through it. Tyreek Hill would deserve it as well. But yeah, for me, McCaffrey kind of adds that extra value and is... is that gap from first to second place is significant. That gap would be bigger as well. The fact that McCaffrey's had his bye week uh, and the guy who's second most that's uh, obviously on bye this week. So that's he's got that gap. 
and he's, he's played one game less. So, uh, yeah, great shout, Mike. Yeah, and for the reasons for all that as well, spot on. He was our number one pick overall, and I think a lot of leagues number one pick overall for good reason. He's you know exactly what you're getting with him. 49ers know what they're getting with him, uh, and a massive, massive part of that offense has got a, a million weapons. It it seems as well. It's a good call. Well, I think it's just his versatility. I was looking at his stats, and he's out of the four, nine games he's played, he's actually scored four receiving touchdowns as well. So. He's kind of a threat as a running back, receiving back. You know, he kind of really does do it all. And I just think his skill set would transfer to other sports as well. You know, I think he'd be pretty solid at rugby as well as NFL. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure of it. I think with his pedigree, with I think his parents are both well, well dad was in the NFL and the moment track athlete, I think, as well. So yeah, probably probably a good chance of that. And then Scully finally finishes off with the big one, MVP. So you don't need to worry, Mike. I'm uh, going to give uh, Tyreek his dues. I, I didn't want to make this a, uh, a quarterback award as it is generally in the NFL. And um, honestly, I don't think you can look any further than Tyreek Hill. He's, even outside, outside of fantasy, he's the most valuable person in the, in the NFL. And inside of fantasy, you've just mentioned it, um, the gap between him and the second wide receiver, AJ Brown, is about 30 points. In our league, um, quarterbacks get six points for a touchdown, which is not the same in, in every league, which means that he's only slightly behind Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts. But if they didn't get six points for a touchdown in our league, he'd be out on his own way in front. So for me, I, I can't give it anybody else other than uh, Tyreek Hill. He's, uh, he's unbelievable. And I can't wait for him to retire and become a porn star. <laughs> Well, yeah, for, for his sake, not for any sort of, I don't know, collection of future categories or, or whatever else might be. Um, anyway, but, but yeah, I think overall MVP, I'd, yeah, I, I mean, I'd love it if he got the actual MVP and it wasn't just a quarterback award, um, but we'll see. There's, there's no one that does anything like him. And when you talk about receivers and small receivers in the past, there's been some decent slot receivers that pop up and are quite important, but someone like him who... I don't know what he is, probably five foot seven, five foot eight, but he's just wide open so often uh, and then can squeeze out of tackles and all sorts. So, yeah, when you're looking at fantasy, um, I picked him up with my first pick and, and there was a handful of players that I was potentially going to pick, but, but boy, am I glad I picked him up. Okay, so let's now move on and talk about our fantasy teams. Uh, but Mike, as we've got you on board, uh, we'll we'll jump on and talk about yours first. So, um, so for last week for you, you scored 126 points as you beat Midi, who scored 112. So, so a good amount in between you both there, leaving you now six and three. And um, so, I guess just looking at your players and how you got on last week, especially. I know you mentioned it in the first part, but it almost had two different teams. It felt like last week. So. A couple of poor or a few poor players, really, that you'd expect better from. So Herbert, Moss, uh, Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup, all scoring not great. But then massive weeks from Amari Cooper, Taysom Hill, and like you said, kind of the Chargers D as well, really. This, this I guess, got you across the line. Um, so I guess in terms of either your team from last week or just overall strategy on the season, um, if you just want to kind of share share your feelings on this season so far. 
Yeah, yeah, you've kind of hit nail on the head there, really. Um, it felt a weird week, just like you said, that split in my team. A lot of players scoring big, a lot of players scoring fairly terribly. Um, I mentioned to you, Ash, before the game, didn't I, about Cooper Cup, and you were kind of, he's undroppable, and I've just been kind of feeling the last couple of weeks it's not gone his way, and obviously the points this week kind of back that up. Jamar Chase had a weird week, like you said. He got injured. I was watching the game live in a bar in New York, and... Um, Obviously wanting Chase to get all the ball, but they seemed to just mark him out of the game pretty well. And then he went down with an injury, so that was a bit of a strange one. Uh, I think the man of the moment for me is uh, Taysom Hill. I know Skull is a big fan. Um, just like everyone says, that, that ceiling for him seems to be ridiculously high. You know, he caught four out of five passes for one touchdown. Um, he didn't get a running touchdown, but then he completed a passing touchdown. So he has these couple of weeks where he scores big and then he'll probably go terrible again. So for me, it's about when does that trade-off happen? When do I drop him? But at the minute, with Goda being out in my team as well, he's unquestionable. So I'm going to keep going with Taysom Hill for now. Um, my strategy, I guess, you mentioned about what, how do I play it. I think I like to tinker quite a lot. I think in our league, I was looking, I've made the most moves. So I'm always changing my D and my kicker. And I know that might seem a bit of an obvious thing to do, but I'm happy to tinker with that. Bit of fluke that I picked up the Chargers D. I honestly picked them up just because it was a game I was going to and they were available. So I just thought, you know what, let's give them a go. And they end up scoring 28 points for me. So that was a, a bit of a bonus, to be honest. Um, but yeah, like you said, just um, a couple of worrying people I need to keep an eye on. You know, Moss got a lot less of the ball, Cup and Chase. But I'm hoping those big names will be backfiring for me kind of next week moving forward. Sounds like you're a lot happier with Amari Cooper than Hollywood Brown right now. Uh, how did I forget? Of course, Scully and I, yeah, that swap Brown for the Cardinals has kind of gone one way and Cooper's gone the other. Um, without blowing my own trumpet, a bit of credit for that. I did say to Ash before and I said, I looked at that matchup and I think he had a couple of favourable games. Whether he continues it as a Browns fan, you'll know more than me, Scully. But, you know, for those two games, I can't really fault him. He's added me a fair bit of points. I think he got 24 for me last week. So, so yeah, that was a bit of a bonus, shall we say. I don't know when you guys are playing each other, but um, but yeah, hopefully those two receivers are must starts when you do, barring any sort of injury. And yeah, let's well, uh, yes, see what happens there. A lot. And we played. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we did play, didn't we? Scully picked me to it a few weeks ago. Um, so I don't know if we play again. I don't know how the league looks, but yeah. Yeah, quite possibly. Albeit with Kyler Murray coming back, then then yeah, Brown might get the upper hand uh, in the coming weeks. Okay, thanks, Mike. Um, so looking at uh, our three teams as normal. Um, so, Charlie, you scored 100 points. So triple digits, congratulations. Um, you scored 100 points in a loss to Tom Howarth, who scored 155, uh, which, which yeah, I think, I guess anyone's tough to beat when they're scoring 155 regardless. Um, putting you now at three and six. I scored 102 points and lost to Joe who scored 122, so now 6-3. and three. And Scully, you scored the highest out of us three this week, scoring 106, uh, and you beat Wellham, who scored 104, so beating him just by two points, uh, also now 6-3. and three. So over the season, uh, just looking at the points each week, um, I'm on four wins, Scully now on three, and Charlie only just behind on two wins, so plenty of the season to go. Um so, Charlie, I'll come to you first. So, uh, Dak scoring massive with 34 points and, uh, and and some strong consideration. I don't know if necessarily from you, but certainly from other sources. 
professional sources, you might say, calling for Bijan even to get dropped. I'm not sure if you're ready to do anything like that just yet. But um, but yeah, talk us through last week for you. Yeah, just to start off with, uh, it was 100.56, not just a flat 100. Let's uh, round so it up. Over, yeah. over the triple <laughs> figures. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm back in the game. That's it. Over 100 points. Uh, get ready. Every week's a winner from here. Um, yeah, we'll see. But uh, yeah, that like you said, I traded for Dak. Uh, some of you are a bit dubious about that. Uh, I got questioned about it when we, we met up for a beer to watch the early game in Germany. Uh, there was no foul play. Uh, so just, just for say, everyone listening in, yeah. So this is Dak Prescott for Gardner Minshew. Yes, that's correct. I okay. wanted that's Dak. Uh, and the player I was trading with, being Kyle, is a Colts fan. So I was trying to trade Dak for Minshew with other players. <laughs> with Well, I was trying to trade him with other players. I was trying to give him a better deal. Um, and he was having none of it. He didn't want, didn't want to trade any, any of his other players. So I was like, well, I only want Dak anyway. He went, oh, well, you can have him for Minshew. So I was like, well, I'm, I'm not going to turn it down, am I? You don't slap a gift horse in the face. Okay. Absolutely uh, no foul play. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> yeah, you feel free, feel free, bring him up. Um, moving back onto my team. So like you said, Ash, about Bijan being droppable. Uh, I, 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 just don't, I just don't understand. Obviously, I've had my rants on here about Arthur Smith and... Um, my opinion of him isn't going to change anytime soon. Um, Bijan Robinson has had less carries within the five than Johnny Smith and Cordell Patterson. What? What? I, there's nothing else I can say. I've already, I've already given my opinion on Arthur Smith and how much of a joke I think he is. I was absolutely delighted that Josh Dobbs came out of nowhere and uh, and took the win from him at the end. I could not have been happier. Every time that Atlanta lose, it just makes me feel warm inside, knowing that Arthur Smith's got questions to answer as to why he's so shit at his job. Uh, never Moving on from that. Uh, yeah, Devontae Adams, poor week for him. DJ Moore, poor week. Uh, yeah, Cowboys didn't expect them to do anything on defence against Philly, but... Uh, I think the big one for me was Madison on the bench, uh, 17 points. Obviously, wouldn't have got me a win, but I'm a bit more positive going forward, having traded for him previously. The fact that Kirk's now out, um, he, he sent to be more of a lead, taking that lead role. So I'm hoping that's going to continue going forward. Um, and yeah, looking forward to getting another triple-digit score and, uh, and pounding all over. Scully this week. Yeah, big, big week coming up for the pod. Big week. Um, uh, Najee Harris, 15 points um, against a predicted 12 points. Uh, seeing lots of reports this week about kind of Steelers coming on strong second half of the season the last few years. Uh, so if that is the case and it's more of the same for Najee Harris, then, then maybe there's kind of additional points that you maybe weren't, weren't getting the first half of the season there. Um or potentially trade bait, I guess. But but yeah, you're feeling more positive about him. That was yeah, that was last Thursday's game, wasn't it? The Steelers win. Yeah, he's he's um, he's still obviously there's still a shared backfield between him and Warren, but Najee's look better. I think this week's a very good week for him against Green Bay, who aren't particularly great against the run. 
Um, so I think those two will both see a lot of work. Um, but yeah, he's, he's got into the end zone, scored a couple of touchdowns. So yeah, he's, he's looked better. He, he's not quite the Nagy that we saw in his rookie year. Obviously, he's, he's carrying a bit more weight. He's not quite as quick, uh, not quite as agile, but Jesus, he's a unit. He can just plough through people. So, um, yeah, hoping that he can get a bit of goal line work this week and uh, and they rely on that run game with, with Green Bay being a bit iffy against it. So, uh, yeah, I'm hoping hoping for a big week from this week and, and that this can continue because 15 points not to be sniffed at. Obviously, he got me uh, similar points the week before. What was he on? Uh, or 10 the week before and 15 before that. So, yeah, we're getting a bit of consistency and uh, and hoping that continues and uh, if anything gets gets a bit stronger towards the back end of the season, which is what Steelers tend to do. Yeah, like you say, Steelers-Packers. Um, so a, a pretty good second game back for, uh, for to kind of get back-to-back wins. Uh, okay, I'll come over to my team then next. Uh, 102 points. Uh, I mean, a, a very brief. Nothing too much to write home about. No one broke 20 points. Um, mixed mixed results, I think, for running back. So Aaron Jones scored 17 points, which which I feel like has been coming since that week one where he got 20-plus points, um, albeit he's kind of been on the snap count and he's been injured. But it's nice to see that he's got that potential still in him, which I think we all know, fantasy owners know, Packers fans know. But but nice to see him get it done. Um, my, my kind of main frustration at the minute is Tony Pollard. Again, he's all the Cowboys have got pretty much at running back. They're scoring big points, but he's barely breaking double digits, uh, and and he didn't last week. So, um, so yeah, frustrating one for me for Pollard. You know that he's going to get in and around ten points, but um, but yeah, he's, he's not kind of breaking off as we'd all expected at the start of the season. Uh, so, like I say, I'd have, I'd have needed a fair few more points from everybody else to to win. And get an additional 20, 21 points to win my week. But um, but yeah, not not too disappointed and still a okay, happy with the record. But again, with most of the players, most of the teams in our league getting bunched up, it, it is it can it can quickly start getting concerning, I think. But but for now, all good with with mine. So we have had a few questions come through on Twitter this week, which is great. Keep sending those in. Um, but I'll just pick one of them out to answer live on here. Uh, so this question that's come in is saying, I'm pretty weak at running back. They've got Pollard and Matteson. So would you trade Jonu Smith and Demario Douglas for Khalil Herbert and Rashawn Johnson? These other wide receivers are Stephon Diggs, AJ Brown, Devontae Adams and Deontay Johnson. So for me, um, yes, I would. Uh, assuming that you've got another tight end, uh, I guess Jonu Smith's doing well, but he's not pulling up any trees. Demario Douglas, potential to be good-ish, and you might stream him every now and again for the Patriots, but with those wide receivers, especially Diggs, AJ Brown, Devontae Adams, I don't know how you've got them, but especially for that, they're starting for every single week, at least two of them, probably all three anyway. So the fact that if Khalil Herbert comes back off IR and and is RB1, gets ahead of Johnson and, and back ahead of Foreman, then... And maybe there's an upside to that, but um, but again, it's not necessarily a trade that I'm rushing out to get. Charlie, thoughts on that one? Be a big no for me. Big decline for that. Um, I think you're picking up two two uh, running backs where you're not you're not going to be able to play them both, are you? 
um, Khalil Levitt's on IR. Roshan is part of that that backfield where you, you just can't pick out who's going to be the one that scores that week. Um, it, it's, it's such a shared backfield because there's no way of knowing. It's literally, like I said to you earlier, like sticking your hand in, in a bucket full of rotten eggs and trying to pull out a golden one. Um, it's, it's virtually impossible every week. So, no, not for me. I think Pollard and Madison, as I, I said, I've got Madison on my team. I think now that Kirk's uh, out, potentially going to see a bit more running game, and he and he seemed to take the lion's share this this last week just gone. And Pollard, I know you're frustrated with him, as I think anybody who's got him uh, is frustrated. So I, I get that, but I still think he's he's going to score you better than, than he did this week. Um, he's he's not scoring single digits every week because he, he does get you the low sort of double digit points um, and, and I don't see I, I wouldn't sit either of them for Rochon and, and you're waiting on, on Herbert to come back off IR so for me it's a, it's a no and you've still got uh, Devontae with his bye week coming up so potentially would he play Demario if, if someone else in a bad matchup maybe to have, have in your back pocket uh, and Jamie Smith I, I would, wouldn't want to get him get rid of him for, for either of those so yeah big big flat big fat no for me yeah thanks for that so and again I guess two two different answers from us two there um but I suppose around similar reasons and and, and don't kind of particularly like either one of those or, or strongly uh like any of those players if you like so but no but great question thanks for sending that and some of the others in that you have done um any more questions then do get a hold of us on twitter at two toms one ash it is just as simple as that i've got a question um just just to throw out there don't know if anybody would like to particularly pick this one up but just say for example that you were in a in a fantasy league and there was a potential that you were going to win that league would you feel like you cheated the rest of the league if you drafted your team with auto picks, anyone, anyone that could maybe answer that? Oh, yeah, I've got a strong opinion on that. Really, um, <laughs> go for it, Mike. I think it's about what you do in the season that counts. You know, if you've auto drafted, those players were there for everyone to pick from the start. People could have gone down that route. Now, whether there's some clever algorithm that bypasses certain things, who knows? But the knowledge and depth of knowledge in our league, um, I think, should supersede any auto-draft. And those players were there to be picked. Uh, moves are still being made in the year. Um, so for me, I think, you know, anyone who's auto-drafted, I'd say, is fine and clear. Go for it. Fair one. Finally, some mind games going off. No, nothing personal there, mate. I don't know who he's referring to, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with how it's going and uh, the moves that I've made can kind of justify it. Picking up people like Taysom Hill, they're there for everyone to take, so I'm, I'm happy with that. In fairness, mate, I passed up on him last week. I uh, I, I was trying to play the long game because, like you said, mentioned earlier, I thought Hill's he's, been, he's got that big week in him now, but I don't see it lasting, so I, I went for... Uh, Murray's tight end and uh, and hoping that he uh, comes big now that Kyle's back. Yeah, I think it's interesting looking at everyone's strategy is different. You know, there's some people in our league who make very few trades and do very few moves. So I, I always like it, I find it quite fascinating looking at how everyone does approach it. 
Um, I enjoy talking to some of the couple of guys on the text because some of them are like, we're all overthinking it. It's all going to go pear-shaped anyway. Someone could get injured. So a lot happens between now. And if you look at everyone's team to now and from the draft, I don't know whose team is the most similar in our league, but I imagine a lot of our teams now look very, very different through trades and picking up people, etc. I get a sense as well now, and and just just to make everybody aware, so Mike couldn't join the draft, so he did auto pick. Um, I get the sense that after this season and the passion that's coming through from you, no matter what you're doing on draft day next year, you won't be auto picking. Um, but also, just kind of the, the opposite of picking the best players, if you like, or auto picking those two that you did get, Cooper Cup and Jonathan Taylor. Which I mean, admittedly, great players, and I think everyone had, wouldn't, no one would argue against that. But we're on IR and just didn't play for what four weeks, I think. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, the, that, the that, argument. That, exactly. So, like, it, we could make the start of the season. Um, you know, every, there's a lot of interest from trading people kind of after them, and I just felt like I wanted to see what would happen when they came back. So, it's yeah, that's been a bit of a weird season for me in terms of having them on IR for so long, um, and now they're back. You know, Cup's not firing so. Who knows? Is he tradable? Who knows? Let's see what happens. Well, on this call, there are there are three of us that are six and three, and one that's three and six. So, um, so, so maybe there'll be somebody else auto picking next season. You know it. So now let's take a look forward and look at week ten coming up, uh, and, and on the theme of. 10. Um, I've got a few players that we can go through uh, and we can decide whether they're going to score more or less than 10 points this upcoming week. So Charlie, I'll come to you first and uh, and I've given you tight ends this week. So Cole Komet versus the Panthers. So this is, well, tonight's Thursday night game. So I guess when this podcast does go out, um, this will have already happened. So no pressure, but we can immediately look back and, and see how correct you were. So more or less than 10 points for Cole Komet this week. More for me, I think uh, the fact that we've still got, uh, what is he, Bil- Bilbo Bajan or uh, Secret Bajan, whatever whatever nickname you want. Great name, him. yeah. Um, he, he's clearly big on, on Cole Komet. He's, he's one of his favourite targets. Uh, Komet's up there, ranked at number five uh, at tight end on the season. And yeah, he's had a couple of really big weeks uh, the last couple of weeks. Uh, 17.9 against the Chargers and 23.5 last week against the Saints. Um, but he's, he's getting a pretty steady target share, sort of 10, 10 targets, 8 targets. So, yeah, for, for a, a game where I think they'll probably rely a little bit more on the run because uh, Carolina don't do as well against the run, I think if he does throw it, I think Colcomet is um, is a safe safe option, and, and I think it, he's predicted around the ten mark anyway. But I, I would probably go for me, maybe uh, I'm going to go fourteen, fifteen points for Komet this week. Mm, interesting. I, I yeah, I couldn't believe that he's tight end number five with all these superstars. Um, I know we've had bye weeks and a few injuries and whatnot, but um, I feel like he's he's almost come out of nowhere. I know he had a, a big couple of weeks at the end of last season. Um, and maybe he's, he's just finding his feet this season and, and might continue with that. So, 
So yeah, good call. Um, and that's called Comet. So uh, Mike, over to you and uh, running back Kenny Walker versus the Commanders. Yeah, uh, again, probably a well-chosen player. You obviously done your research because, you know, looking at around that 10 mark. Going to stick my neck on the line and I, I'm going to say lower. Um, reasons for that kind of being around is the current form. Skola mentioned it earlier about the Seahawks and kind of that shared workload. Uh, when you look at Walker's stats, um, you know, no rushing touchdown in his last three games. In the first six games of the season, he got, I think, one in each game. He got six out of six, none in the last three. No receiving touchdowns, so he's not a running back who gets the ball much through the air either. Um, and like like we've said, that, that workload just seems to be getting really shared out. Um, you know, last two games against, Ari- uh, I can't remember who it was against the last two, but his workload just went whew, and just dropped. I think he had 26 carries against Arizona three games ago. But the last two, he's just been coming down and down. They seem to go in through the air. And then other things, really, just Washington's strength against um, against running backs is much stronger than they are against wide receivers. I think Washington are ranked 29th against wide receivers uh, versus 17th against running backs. So if you're Seattle, you're probably going to share that workload elsewhere and put it in the air a bit more. So, yeah, we'll see. And I, I think there's also a bit of a question about an injury. I think he's, I read somewhere this week, possibly kind of questionable so for me everything points that it's probably going to be less than 10 but now i've said all of that it'll probably go against it and it'll probably get 20 plus so there you go yeah well, well welcome to the the world of predictions that's normally how it works out um maybe working in your favor charlie i know you've had charbonnet on your bench most of the season so it looks like he's getting a few more carries um and, and i don't know we'll see whether last week against the blowout against the ravens was just a bit of a one-off but there was kind of pretty much no point them running it after ravens took up a big lead at the start but um but good prediction, Mike. Um, okay, so jumping on to wide receivers, uh, and I'm going to pull out Devontae Adams. Now, he's against the Jets, so you'd have thought that he's going up against Source Gardner. Um, I guess Adams, again, another absolutely elite receiver. But this season, he's had his issues, whether it be from uh, from a quarterback position, whether just an organisation position. But I think he's scoring less than 10. Um, I think that's a another kind of neck-on-the-line position, really. I think you'd, you'd like to think that he's going to get more than 10 every single week, but tough matchup. Um, Raiders, I've got a few options, um, but I think with that rookie quarterback that they've got, I think getting Devontae Adams the ball against Source Gardner is going to be going to be hard slog this week. So I'm going to go less than 10 points for, for Devontae Adams. I think as well, as well there, Ash, just having watched the Jets live this week, you, you could see that how much they will pressure that new quarterback um, you know, Brees Hall on their offensive line, I think he broke through and got to Herbert three or four times. So, yeah, if you're on the Jets D, you're kind of thinking, let's go after them here and stop them getting the ball out. So I, I kind of agree with that. I think that's probably a good shout going less than 10. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. And we'll see whether you, you end up starting him or not, Charlie. Um, but back over to you and uh, and Dalton Kincaid. I know we've talked to him about him a fair bit, fair bit already this week, but Bills go up against the Broncos. So Dalton Kincaid, more or less than ten points? Uh, definitely more for uh, for Kincaid this week. Give me a bit of an easy one between uh, Kincaid and Kmet. I think they're both going to score well. Kincaid, number, uh, tight end fifteen so far on the season. A bit of a slower start as a as a rookie. I think rookie tight ends are quite a difficult position. Uh, rookies coming into the to the league as a tight end, it's a difficult position to to pick up because of the 
amount of things you've got to do. Uh, you you've got to uh, obviously block you you um, you running routes. So yeah, he's he's uh, he's, he's picked, but he's picked up. Wow, what he's, he's certainly picked up since since Dawson Knox has been out as well uh, on AI. He's, he's just taken that workload. A uh, couple of fantastic weeks for him. Uh, 15, 17, 16 points. So all very consistent. Uh, getting a decent target share as well. It's I mean, who else is is he throwing to? Um, Diggs and uh, Gabe Davis. Kincaid's your, your third man up. And uh, yeah, I think great matchup against Denver. I, I can see him scoring really highly this week. Um, so yeah, and it, out of the two, I know I said they both they both score over ten. But if I was picking one out of the two to start and one to sit, I'd go Kincaid as a as a quite an easy choice to to uh, to start over Kmet. Yeah, we all like the look of him, don't we? And uh, and it looks like he's finally living up to that preseason hype that we all thought of him beforehand. Uh, Mike, back over to you and running backs and Alex Mattison of the Vikings against the Saints this week over or under 10 points. I'm going to go under again. I think it's often easy to go higher, but I think looking at it, a lot of things point to lower. Now, I'm not sure whose team is in fantasy-wise. Is it Charlie or Scully? It's Charlie. So Charlie obviously make his own mind up, but when I was looking into it, I don't know, anyone know how many rushing touchdowns he's got this season? Without looking, two? not many. Yeah, zero, zero. Oh wow! So okay, he's not got a rushing touchdown. I think he's got one receiving touchdown. He got that last game against Atlanta out of two targets. My, my main thing here is thinking about how does Josh, um, how does Dobbs go? You know, I'm sure you watched the game. Dobbs' amazing debut. You know, he said he barely knew half the playbook. Just kind of a lot of off the cuff. It, for me, it's whether Dobbs lets his arm fly and goes to the air or whether he does use Mattison in a running way. My my main thing is just obviously the New Orleans defence. I think they're ranked fifth, are they, against the run? Fifth or fourth anyway. So their D, for me, possibly shuts Mattison down. Um, but, like, you know, who knows? Anything could happen. But for me, I'm going to go lower than 10. Okay, well, interesting. Based, and you... based on your two, I'm screwed again this week because uh, as <laughs> you say Devontae's under, Mike, you're saying Maxon's under, and we're yeah. to make triple figures this week. Have you just picked Charlie's <laughs> team on purpose? <laughs> no, not at all. Just genuinely, who was who was in and around the ten point mark? But yeah, not <laughs> not <laughs> ideal and not doing anything for your positive vibes. This newfound uh, positive energy that you're bringing. Um, Okay, so I'll close it out with the last player, and it, and it is back to a wide receiver, and Debo Samuel. So the 49ers have got the Jags this weekend. Uh, I think he's scoring more than 10 points. I think that offense, as, as good as they are and as many weapons as they've got, I think Debo is a bit of one of his own. Um, I mean, he's not played since week six, and albeit in week six he scored one point, um, just getting one uh, one target, not even receiving not even a catch on that. So he's not played since then. They've had the bye week last week. He is now back. Jags are 21st against wide receivers, which as we know, he he does predominantly play wide receiver, but he can turn up anywhere. Um, I think for me, the 49ers are due a big game and I think it, it starts now. They've got a good run of the Jags, then the Bucks and the Seahawks, and they, then, then again, I guess, up against the Eagles. But 
they got a good run of games and now Debo's back fit. I think he scores uh, quite healthy and, and quite a decent amount above 10, in fact. Okay, so that rounds up our predictions for week 10 and does round up the episode. So thanks ever so much for everyone listening uh, and an even bigger thanks really for joining Mike. Uh, I don't know where you've got a lot of those stats from. I don't know where you've got a lot of those descriptions and analogies from, but an absolute cracking debut. Uh, and I'm sure we'll we'll have you back on again by popular demand, I'm sure. Um, but again, thanks ever so much for joining. Any final words? No, just again, thanks. Obviously, known you guys since we were small. Uh, it's a pleasure to be on. Like I said, long time listener, first time on. So thank you for having me. Really, really did enjoy it. And just kind of getting into some of the the finer details of the NFL. Um, but yeah, for me, just want to finish off saying a big well done again to, to my wife. I know we mentioned it earlier, been in New York, a monumental week, uh, biggest marathon of the year in terms of worldwide. I think there were 51,000 runners um, and she just did amazing and smashed it. And she, in the process, raised over £2,600 for Brain Research UK. So not to be sniffed at. She's done incredible. The support from everyone at home, family and friends, you know, you guys included has been incredible. So, yeah, I think it's only right to hopefully end the show just saying a big well done to Jen um, and smashing the New York Marathon. So, yeah, thanks again for having me and thank you for that. Yeah, well done, Jen. Yeah, I'd echo that as well. Yeah, amazing achievement. Well done. Well done, Jen. Uh, And again, thanks ever so much, Mike, for joining us. And I guess rewinding right back to the start, we had those kind of mid-season awards. Uh, Let us know on Twitter what you think to those. Uh, If if you agree with our choices, if you disagree, then who else would would we pick in their places? Um, Normal service resumes next week, and it is back to just us three. Um, So thanks ever so much again for listening this week, and uh, we'll see you on the next one.